Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. Join me, Jack Sparker, comedian and highly sensitive person, along with a guest every other week as we delve into our deepest passions. From being a plant dad to conquering insecurity with comedy. If you relish the memory of an unexpected late night conversation with a stranger about their obscure passion, the kind where you have tears in your eyes one second and are doubled over laughing the next, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. I'm Jack Sparker and I'm so glad you're here. My guest today once went to a dinner event and had no clue where he was going in the first place. He was sat next to Mickey Rourke. He came to find out it was co-hosted by Leonardo DiCaprio. They ended up doing many shots that night before he became part of an impromptu photo shoot with David Chappelle that ended at 5 a.m. He is an American fashion designer, artist, dancer, and musician. As an illustrator, he has had the pleasure of creating promotional images for HBO's Game of Thrones, Showtime's Penny Dreadful, and History Channel's Vikings. He has been profiled by the New York Times, Women's Wear Daily, Vogue.com, among other publications, and has has had the opportunity to create custom looks for a number of high-profile clients, including Daphne Guinness and Lady Gaga. Please welcome Hogan McLaughlin. Thank you for having me. Welcome. So, Hogan, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's it's uh, nice that it's summer out now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, Hogan, what is your passion? Well, I we talked about discussing my work, but I thought it'd be a little more fun to talk about Marjorie Tyrell from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Love it. She is a big passion of mine, and I don't know how that happened, but it just became an obsession. <laughs> So did you read the books or were you into the show or a little bit of both? Yeah, well, so I watched the first season um, at the recommendation of uh, one of the women who works for me. Um, she had read the books like when they came out in the 90s mm-hmm. and she's like, you have to watch this show. It's so good. So I watched the first season and I became obsessed and I devoured all of the books in the interim between season one and season two. Wow. And that's when I saw that Natalie Dormer, who played... Um, Anne Boleyn in The Tudors on Showtime mm-hmm. was cast as Marjorie Tyrell. And for some reason, when an actor is familiar to me, I sort of get really excited that they're joining a show. And that's when I latched onto the character. And then in the books, I became obsessed with learning more about her um, yeah. as a character. <laughs> yeah, I can see the attraction to Natalie Dormer. I remember being about 11 and going to the movie theater to see the R-rated Casanova <laughs> with um, Heath Ledger, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I went for Heath and I stayed for Natalie. Absolutely. Yeah, she's she's so commanding to see on stage. And um, I say this as a queer person, not as somebody who's like ogling a woman on based mm-hmm. on sexiness, but she has this just like feline sexuality that she exudes and it's so like captivating to watch I think in any role that she's in yeah that's a great way to put it it is feline there's something really special about her Mm -hmm. and I think she was like her role on Game of Thrones was meant to be in the stars you know what I mean it it just like makes sense yeah I mean in the books she's obviously like a younger character Mm -hmm. um so 
it was kind of a different take on it in the show, but I think my obsession also became rooted in the fact that she is like the quote unquote fashionista of the show. And in the line of work that I do fashion, it just became a natural character to be drawn to because she had the best clothes. (laughs) Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Is there like family crest? It's a flower, right? It is. Yeah. And I have many tattoos (laughs) based on it. That's so cool. Cause I know their costume department was so cool the way they would incorporate the family crests into the clothes mm-hmm. and I can see how that would be a great inspiration. Yeah, it's funny because it's in the books everything is so literal and it's almost like garish to think of <laughs> how George Martin describes the clothes and it doesn't really translate well to like the screen. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, Michelle Clapton, the designer, um, did a really good job of making it rooted in reality and um I've done actually I've spoken on a lot of conventions um for based on the costumes I have nothing to do with costumes but Mm -hmm. just as someone who became obsessed with the show and the costumes I I became a um de facto person that would just hold the panels based on the costumes and I had a lot of fun doing that that is really cool did you do you have any favorite memories have you like I find when you go to things that are based in fandom, you end up making friends. Yeah, well, it's funny because I um, I met a few of the people that run Watchers on the Wall, which is a um, blog, fan blog, that is run by people that have, you know, been with the show since day one, and they do they did casting speculation, all the, you know, breaking down of the trailers and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow just via Tumblr, I believe it was, cause I had shared some fan art that I'd done. Um, they discovered me and then I became a contributor. So I wrote for the blogs and then, um, they asked me to come to the panels or to the conventions and speak on a panel. And it is cool. Cause you just, it's the joy of the internet. You meet all these people through there and people that you probably would never meet otherwise, and next thing you know, you're at a hotel bar, like drinking yeah. until 2 a.m., having fun. And then the next day you get up and you get to see all the people in the, their gorgeous cosplay. And yeah, it's a yeah, lot of fun. It's really cool to make those connections. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can get back to that soon because it's missed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That has been just like one of the worst parts of the pandemic other than the death and like the sadness. Mm-hmm. But like... The sense of community, like IRL, has totally been lost and it's really sad. But I see so many glimmers of hope Mm -hmm. and we're getting there. Yeah, it's it's cool that you that there are outlets like Game of Thrones or, you know, whatever fandom you're in to have that. I think it's been cool to be able to like rewatch the shows and reconnect with people based on, you know, you're doing like a virtual rewatch with people or whatever. because I I'm I tend to be a pretty solitary person, but I think I've I honestly been more social in the pandemic just because I'm like yearning for that option of having the connection yeah. with people. So um, yeah, it's 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 been hard, but it's also been kind of like refreshing. Maybe I don't know for me. Yeah, because I feel like we've everyone's had to stretch, mm-hmm. and I think there are great things that have come out of the stretching. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's it. It also 
just has given me the chance to look at things in a different way and whether it's like on the subject of game of thrones whether it's that or whether it's like redoing my house or i don't know it's just given it's it's given a, a sense of um almost rebirth i feel like um yeah for me at least i definitely relate to that yeah so i'm i did watch all of game of thrones I never read the books, but I remember Marjorie had, as many characters did on that show, an untimely death. <laughs> yes. Um, but I was that in the books? Because I know some things happened in the show that weren't in mm. the books yet or weren't in the books at all. Yeah, um, the books are right now. She's uh, just been, she was in prison based, like, because Cersei or- orchestrated this mm-hmm. whole thing for her to be thrown into prison. Um, and in the books, she has just been released under custody, um, and then she's waiting for her trial to happen. Whether or not that involves the wildfire explosion yeah. or not, we'll we'll see. I'm hoping that it won't. I'm hoping that she'll have a little more of an arc. Yeah. But um, I remember I something in me was te- like knew she was going to be killed off that episode. Something in me knew it, and so I I stayed home all day. I was living in Salem, Massachusetts at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just draw something as a memorial because um, I just, I know it, it's going to happen. And then it happened and I was, I have never reacted to a character, a fictional character's death the way I reacted to the, like ever. It it just was inexplicable. And we had planned a big camping trip with friends um, that we were leaving that night to stay over. And then the next day we were camping and I just was like, I don't know if I can go. I really don't know if I can have fun on on, on this camping trip because I am just so shocked by this. And I'm yeah. so sad that the character is gone because I'd spent five years of my life like just getting screen, cra- screen caps and dissecting all of the costumes and the wigs and wishing she had more screen time and in my head writing more scenes for her to have and I was just like it's over (laughs) I can't go camping (laughs) yeah so you didn't end up going I did begrudgingly I I mean I I had a great time after a few hours but during the car ride I was just like nobody talked to me (laughs) no yeah I totally relate to that um I'm trying to think of a well I am a huge Gilmore Girls fan and Mm. Uh, Richard Gilmore, the grandpa, did not die on screen because the actor died prior to the revival. Mm-hmm. But I remember they had already like announced the revival and then he passed. And I, I was very upset. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting how fictional characters can affect your life. Yeah, it's so true. I They just kind of latch onto you. And for some reason, I have, <laughs> I have a habit of getting super attached to like side characters that are not integral to the main part of the story yeah and then I get so like bullshit when when people are like oh well this person doesn't matter like they're not end game <laughs> yeah so like I don't know if you watch the boys um Queen Maeve is my mm-hmm. favorite and she's gotten so few scenes you know and hopefully they'll ramp it up in the third season or like in Mad Men I love Trudy Campbell yeah <laughs> who needed more screen time um yeah. but it's just I don't know what it is it's I don't know. These side characters are just are more intriguing to me than the like heroes of the story. But yeah, I think that's really interesting because like 
I think that says a lot about you that you're interested in these characters that others might not like clock, Mm -hmm. but you're like, oh no, that's it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and I think the through line is a fashion thing too. Yeah. Um, But I guess I've always been sort of as a kid, not wanting to, to like everything else that everyone else liked. Yeah. Um, Who would want to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think generally speaking, everyone's favorite Disney princesses are like, you know, Jasmine or Belle or whatever. And I, I love Sleeping Beauty. I love Aurora. That was my favorite movie as a kid. And it's probably like the least liked (laughs) of all the Disney like princess canon. But, um, yeah, it's something about just like taking a different road that always has intrigued me. But yeah, I think I see a parallel between Sleeping Beauty, Aurora and Marjorie because, um, you know, Briar Rose. Mm-hmm. Roses. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> There's a connection. There is, yeah. And it's a visual connection. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's, that is very true. <laughs> so do you have any memories of like, um, you know, being in your teens and finding yourself really passionate about something that others were kind of like brushed off? Um, I'm sure there's a ton, but, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't, I I mean, I think that in high school and everything, I definitely, I don't want to say it conformed, but I flew under the radar and I was not ostracized for being into different things or, you know, I also went to a high school that had like 4,000 kids Mm -hmm. in it. So it was hard to really stand out even if you wanted to, but, um, yeah, I think I always kind of knew I was interested in art and fashion and stuff like that, but I wasn't like a kid that was, I don't know, trying to be the fashion kid. You know, when you think when you think of a stereotypical high school kid that's into fashion, you think yeah. of you know a stock character, mm-hmm. and that really that really wasn't me. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think just in in that regard, I was also a trained ballet dancer, and then I went on to do ballet professionally. And I think I was just more focused on carving this career path out for myself than I was enjoying my teens or whatever. So maybe that is something I veered away from, you know, doing all the parties and doing all that stuff because I was like laser focused on what I wanted to do. I still had great friends and I still did party, but like less so than I think a lot of kids my age. But I think that was so fruitful. Like you did it. Yeah. It's like, you're so young and like you've done so many things. It's so cool. I know. I kind of feel like a cat because like I've had like different like vignettes of life and now I'm 32 and who knows what's going to happen next. Well, I can't wait to see. (laughs) Um, Funny you say cat because I do think, you know, Natalie Dormer has such a feline energy, Mm -hmm. but she also, I just from watching her, I feel like she has such grace in the way she um, presents herself and the way she moves. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I know you read the, you saw the first season. She wasn't in the first season, but I wonder if there's something about movement and your background Mm -hmm. that could have drawn you. Yeah, absolutely. I think in in fashion in general, I think I like to draw on the ballet background, Mm -hmm. but I know that she was, you know, trained in her youth ballet. So she has that movement. And I think that that commanding presence too is there, you know, I'm drawn to actresses like her and like Kate Blanchett who can just walk into a room and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't even have to have any lines. Yeah. But, um, and obviously like actresses that can wear 
like the craziest things and look not insane <laughs> right they don't let the clothes wear that exactly yeah yeah, yeah so I, de- I definitely think that movement in anything in my life is is uh in the back of my mind for sure definitely yeah i found myself like right before the pandemic i started just taking these walks and now i walk like 10 miles a day and I never believed people who were like, oh, endorphins, exercise is good for you. <laughs> I was always like, that's a lie that is perpetuated <laughs> by the diet industry. But I kind of, I buy it now. Like I absolutely buy it. Yeah. It's, well, it's easy, especially like for me, at least with, in the pandemic, I, I, I tend to be a pretty active person, but mm-hmm. then when the pandemic hit, I was like, uh, I don't want to do it, <laughs> but now I'm slowly getting back into it and it hurts, but it's, there is something to be said, like you said, it's, it's, it's good energy and it's good for your mind too, you know? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I think it's not really about my body, but it's like the mind body connection. Exactly. And then I get so much done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker. And so I find that if I run in the morning, it is like a coffee shot yeah. basically. Um, so I'm, I've been trying to get back into that, but it's so nice to sleep in. (laughs) Absolutely. And I rarely get to do that because, you know, we we make our own schedules, my partner and I. And Mm -hmm. so generally we're up and just ready to go and get it done with so we don't have to be in the studio until, you know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So our internal clock is always like, you got to get up. You can't enjoy this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Is your partner a fan of the Game of Thrones world? I think he resents it. (laughs) He is a fan, but I think he resents my obsession with talking about Marjorie Tyrell. Um, He always threatens, like, I don't know, just random things. It's it's a point of contention, but a comic one. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, my mom really got into Harry Potter, like, when I went away to college. I think it was her way of connecting with me. Mm Mm-hmm. And my dad was so angry about it. <laughs> he threatened to throw the book out the window at one point. Like, and my dad is like this man from Ireland. He's a gentle soul, mm-hmm. but Harry Potter and her being obsessed with it set him <laughs> on fire. Yeah, I can I can have out of body experiences where I see myself talking about Marjorie or Game of Thrones, and I can't stop. It's just like word vomit. Yeah. But actually funny you should say Harry Potter because another character is Narcissa Malfoy that I'm obsessed with. Oh, yeah. And um, her actress, Helen uh, Helen McCrory, rest in peace, she just passed. Yeah, that's that was very sad. Yeah, and again, it's just another, she was had that presence. Absolutely. She just like had very few lines, but you, she was there and you couldn't take your eyes off her. Yeah, And commanding. Yeah, so I think that... That's another thing is I, I really like a character that's written in a strong way, but has the the fashion femininity to it. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's a nice juxtaposition because it's not just like like uh, frivolous, frivolously pretty things. You yeah. Know? There's substance to these characters. So. I have a question. I don't know. It's sort of a chicken or the egg. Like, do you think for you your passion comes was it fashion first or like the characters 
personality? Do you know which came first? I think, well, because in the books, Marjorie does have like pretty lavish outfits that are described. So even before I saw the second season where she was in the TV show, I knew that she was going to have crazy, like beautiful costumes. So I think I got really excited and as an illustrator, I started sketching what I thought that she would be wearing. And that's, I mean, that's when I got involved with the Tumblr community and they saw my drawings and stuff like that. Um, so it was kind of, I think it was rooted in fashion for sure. Cause I knew that was going to be there, there, but then also coupled with Natalie Dormer playing her, I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember how I first became aware of you. I did. I do follow you on Tumblr. Mm. I just don't remember if it was through your sibling who I knew or if it was through Tumblr. Um, because I am a huge Lady Gaga fan. That's like mm-hmm. my passion, mm-hmm. one of them. And I'm trying to figure out the timeline, but I always remember seeing your um, artwork for Game mm-hmm. of Thrones and being like, oh my gosh, like a hand did that. <laughs> well, it's funny to look back at it because I think I've evolved a lot since then as an artist. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but it, it was cool because it was a specific time and it connected me to so many people. And it, it kind of opened up this weird hands in different pies, pots, pies. I don't yeah, know what the expression yeah. is, but like I was able to share that really like nerdy Game of Thrones fan art that I would do, but then also show, share my, you know, working for Lady Gaga or like doing custom pieces or do, I don't know, sharing just, Tumblr is yeah. like, it's a diary or whatever, a visual diary, but um, to be able to connect with people based off of what I, my own art, is, was really cool. Um, yeah, that's the coolest. Yeah. I, I think it's funny because a lot, I think the majority of my important human connections have happened through some form of social media or not, mm-hmm. or another. My partner and I met through Instagram. Oh, wow. My career took off basically through Twitter. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was really strange. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool because, you know, people hem and haw about the internet, but... I've made great friends. I know I have a love-hate, but you wouldn't be sitting here today if we weren't on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I think that I I wish that I had had more of a um, go-getter attitude when I first started Instagram and stuff because so many people are so successful and not that I'm not, but... not in a conceited way just no I know what you're saying but but just like I think that if I had had more knowledge of the internet at that time I probably would have been in a different spot than I am right now um but it's you can't look back and say no yeah it's your journey (laughs) exactly I have seen um one of your pieces in the flesh um I think it was 2012 at the FIT Museum Mm -hmm. for the Daphne Guinness exhibit Mm -hmm. and I remember like that was a spiritual experience for me (laughs) um I was in the Gallatin School of Individualized Study and my concentration was titled it's a mouthful fashioning an identity and the culture of clothing Mm -hmm. and I had such a connection um to Daphne Guinness I think like the Irish background with the Guinness last name, I was all in. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember going to that with my friend Carter, who went to FIT, and I made the most like embarrassing Facebook status when I left. It was like, just went to Daphne Guinness at FIT, and I'll be vomiting ferocity for the next <laughs> month. Like, <laughs> I because I lived on Tumblr in 2011, uh-huh. so that's how I talked. Yeah, and actually, that was all 10 years ago to like almost the day. Wow. Yeah, it was. It's kind of. I've been getting the Facebook memories yeah. <laughs> coming up and it's been all week. But yeah, that was um that was my first taste of any kind of recognition for what I've been doing and it was all within like a 48-hour period. And I had many panic attacks along the way because I'd never I'm not trained in sewing or construction or anything like that. And I was just coming off my stint as a professional ballet dancer in Chicago and I moved to New York and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do I thought that it'd be so easy to get into a gallery with my artwork and Mm -hmm. little did I know that is not how it works Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so I just kind of did my own thing for a little while and then on Twitter Daphne found me like 12 hours later I was meeting her at her uh, at her apartment and we were five hours later we were discussing moving forward on constructing these sketches that i had done previously and then cut to like two days later they're done they're made by like gorgeous craftsmen in the city and we're shooting this amazing video and then a week later they're in the barney's windows (laughs) and then a week later after that they're in fit it's it was just like an insane insane whirlwind of like a month that is so cool. And mm. it's so like, I think that's, those are the moments I'm not speaking for you, but that's when I'm like, okay, I, this is where I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. even though it was hard, but it was exciting. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I try to harness that energy that I had 10 years ago. Cause it's so easy nowadays to get like, um, passive about things or just mm-hmm. like, not that you're over it, but just, it's harder to work up the energy to have that like go get them attitude <laughs> that yeah. you had when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to tap into my former self. <laughs> I, I think we're all trying to get back to that like mm-hmm. childlike creativity. Absolutely. Cause that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Well, and it shows like game of Thrones and like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, that do perk me back up and yeah. make me think, Oh wow, this is all worth it. Cause even if I'm having a, you know, one of those days where you're just like, I don't know, I'm, why am I doing this? (laughs) Yeah. It's an inspiration. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Do you have a favorite, um, piece of art that you've created for Marjorie? Yeah, probably the death one, but it, cause I had, um, prior, like that entire season I had been doing characters, um, just building kind of like a portfolio of more of a refined take on the show because my earlier stuff was kind of just sketchy more uh, minimalist type things Mm -hmm. um and i I really wanted to do some more updated versions because my art had progressed to that point um in non-fandom stuff and just like whatever i was drawing and i was like i should just redo some of the characters and that one I again I just knew that she was going to die <laughs> and so yeah, when I, you know you know yeah yeah so that is that's definitely my favorite piece uh not 
not only just of the Game of Thrones, but one of my more favorite that I've really ever done. Yeah. Do you ever think about like book Marjorie, like what she would wear if her story progressed? I, yeah, but I think it's always going to be show Marjorie in my mind, even if I'm reading it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's hard to, to like illustrate for teenagers. Um, mm-hmm. Not, I, I don't know, because it's, it's a different, like, that's also a reason why I don't do children's clothing design, because it's not as interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know that there's a lot of, there are a lot of designers out there that make beautiful children's clothes, but I probably won't be one of them anytime soon. <laughs> You heard it here first. Well, I never say never because I, <laughs> no. I said I said in a New York Times interview that I would never make a sundress, and I've made many sundresses since then. <laughs> that is so funny. On that note, um, I like to ask um, a pop-pondering question, mm-hmm. which is a question that has the word pop in it, and I try to tailor it. You know, I'm working all my fashion words in <laughs> to the guest. So my pop-pondering for you is... Pop is a fashion magazine. Um, it's a British publication. If you were on the cover of a fashion magazine yourself and you didn't have a budget, what would you wear? Um, huh. I don't know. I mean, I probably will never be wearing my own things. Mm-hmm. There's just something weird about it to me. It doesn't feel special to me. Um, okay. Which is, we talk about, like, I'm, we're getting married sometime oh congratulations thank you but it's been like a very long engagement because we just keep putting it off (laughs) but everyone always asks me oh are you designing your thing i'm like no we're not doing that but um i have been obsessed with this gorgeous alexander mcqueen coat that has um gold beaded embroidery um just running through it and kind of like uh i don't know like feathers but not really feathers And it's totally not my style. My style is like basic black, minimal. Like I don't like to turn heads really when I'm on the street. Yeah. But there are, if I was styling a cover, I would definitely style myself in a few like head turning things (laughs) for sure. You gotta. We're selling (laughs) magazines here. Exactly. So yeah. And it's, it's like $16,000. So if I had no budget, that'd be it. (laughs) That is so cool. Yeah. I love that. And it's funny, too, because I try to distance myself from McQueen because so many right. people would always say that in the beginning, oh, you were so reminiscent of it. And I I see it a little. I don't see it blatantly like yeah. some people want to say. But So I'm, I'm reluctant to say I would wear McQueen, but I probably would. <laughs> I think that's relatable because it's hard when other people put you in a box that you don't relate to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a truly an honor to be compared of course, to them, absolutely. Of course. But um, I think that I tend more towards Japanese designers and mm. super minimal type mentality. But yeah, that's interesting. Do you think Marjorie has a minimal style? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But I think like there is an alternative, alternate reality of myself where I probably do wear crazier things. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I think I would wear, like, I've obviously thought about this a lot. (laughs) It's never going to happen. But I would like to wear, like, a nice pair of tailored pants. I've never had tailored pants in my life. Mm -hmm. A very simple short sleeve black V-neck. And then, like, a classic, like, jacket. I don't know. This is where it gets foggy. 
like I don't know, 15 years ago, it would be like a Chanel jacket. Mm-hmm. But now I don't know. I might go something a little less classic, a little more hip. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm finding so, well, I think in general, it's good to just mix high low. Mm-hmm. I love, I do that in my daily life, you know, have an expensive, you know, pair of shoes with just jeans and, you know, a Hanes t-shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is definitely something to be said for combining and mixing and doing all that stuff yeah that's the way to do it absolutely well hogan thank you so much we're gonna go into mm-hmm. our passion plugs um i i'll go first um my dear friend ray who i have never met in real life is a tumblr friend funnily enough um so ray would like to promote transgender legal defense and education fund They are committed to ending discrimination based upon gender identity and expression and to achieving equality for transgender people through public education, test case litigation, direct legal services, and public policy efforts. So you can find information about how to get involved or donate if you're able in the show notes. Um, and then my plug is for the Brave Space Alliance in Chicago. It is Chicago South Side's first um, black-led, trans-led, LGBTQ plus community center. And they do work for the underserved um, community of black and trans people in the South Side and the West Side of Chicago. And uh, if you would like to learn more, they're at bravespacealliance.org. Awesome. And you have been involved with Brave Space Alliance in the past. I have, yes. So um, at the beginning of the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement, I auctioned off um, a dress that Billy Porter actually wore to an awards show. Um, and the raffle money was all uh, donated to Brave Space Alliance. Um, and some lucky person is wearing a very long pink dress somewhere right now. <laughs> I can picture the dress. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was a moment. It was. And it that's such a good cause. So thank you for doing that. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. It's the least I can do. I, I feel very similarly. So thank you, Hogan. Thank you all for listening to Pop of Passion, produced by Christine Ferreira. Please follow the show on social media at Pop of Passion and popofpassionpodcast.com. I'm Jack Sparker. Go out and be the light, living your passion. Mm-hmm.